0: Welcome to Life Church. We are an X242 community, a family on a mission to bring the life of Jesus to Warrington. We hope you're ready to hear what God has to say to you today through his word and by his spirit. 1991. It was a Sunday morning and I remember it because it was the final of the men's 4x4 relay race. And it was an interesting morning because on a Sunday morning, being a pastor's kid meant we got to church first. But this was a big final. Those of you that are as old as me will remember the likes of Roger Black, Chris Sakabusi, and them running and um, there was a delay for whatever reason, and the match was slight, well, the match, the, r- the race was a little bit later than it should have been. And I remember us just kind of looking at my dad thinking, please, dad, we've got to watch this, we've got to watch this. Just hoping and praying that, you know, he would hear the word from the Lord to say, you can be late for service this morning. And he did. And I remember watching that race, and I was so made up. And a relay race is really good because... In a relay race, it's not all down to one person. There's a team of people, each of them having to do their part. Some of them may be faster than the others, but they all have to do their part in order to reach the goal. But a relay race isn't one because one particular team is the fastest. It's all about this thing and in an area called the exchange zone. Behind me on the board, there's a picture there of an exchange zone zone. It is an area of about 20 meters in length. And in that zone, that is the only place where both runners can be touching the baton at the same time. If the baton is passed too early or it's held on at the end of that zone, the whole team is disqualified. And in order for a good pass to take place, there are some things that the runners need to do. First of all, both runners must be running before they hit the exchange zone. So there's an area where the runner who's passing comes by. And as he hits that area, he has to shout ahead to the person receiving, Go now! Because he has to calculate it just right, that he and the other runner will be in the same place at the same time in order for the baton to be passed on. The receiving runner, they can't be looking back, waiting in anticipation. They have to be fully focused, they have to be running already, and they have to be hand back ready to receive what is happening. They have to trust the person coming up behind them. And then fourthly, the team needs to obey the rules. If they are going to be successful and reach the goal and not be disqualified, they have to obey the rules. And just like the relay race doesn't count on one person winning, on one person taking all the the credit, all the, the responsibility on themselves... The baton of faith that God has called us to carry, it is not all down just to you, it is not all down just to me. It's a team effort. And God requires His kingdom to grow through a chain of people, each generation passing the baton from one to another. Got Moses to Joshua, Naomi to Ruth. David to Solomon. Elijah to Elisha. Jesus to his disciples. Paul to Timothy. God has used leaders of nations, kings and prophets, widows and daughters, fishermen, scholars, all important runners in God's story. And God needs each person to share in their part of the running, to share in their part of passing on the baton of faith at the right time. And over the last three weeks, we've seen, haven't we, how Elijah, through his highs and through his lows, he stayed faithful to God. Elijah ran his lap well, but his time was coming to an end. And God said to Elijah, Elijah, it is time to get into the exchange zone. I'm going to look at 1 Kings 19. It will come up on the screen behind. God said, go back the way you came through the desert to Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazael, make him king over Aram. Then anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, make him king over Israel. Finally, anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from Abel-Meholah, to succeed you as prophet. Anyone who escapes death by Hazael will be killed by Jehu. And anyone who escapes death by Jehu will be killed by Elisha. Meanwhile, I'm preserving for myself 7,000 souls, the the knees that haven't bowed to the god Baal, the mouths that haven't kissed his image. Elijah went straight out and found Elisha, son of Shaphat, in a field where there were 12 pairs of yoked oxen at work plowing. Elisha was in charge of the 12th pair. Elijah went up to him, threw his cloak over him. Elisha deserted the oxen, ran after Elijah and said, Please, let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, then I'll follow you. Go ahead, said Elijah, but mind you, don't forget what I've just done to you. So Elisha left. He took his yoke of oxen and butchered them. He made a fire with the plough and tackle and then boiled the meat. A true farewell meal for the family. Then he left and followed Elijah, becoming his right hand manned. And in the relay race that God has for each of us, the first thing is this. If we are going to receive the baton, then we have to have empty hands. We need to be empty-handed. As Elijah walked out into that field that day, as he walked up and down the labourers, he took off his cloak, he draped it over Elisha. And in that moment, Elisha had an invitation. He had an invitation to come and follow Elijah. Elijah. And in the relay race of God, Elijah was moving into the exchange zone and calling Elisha to come and join him in that place. History tells us that when the Romans landed upon the shores of our fair country, one of the things that Caesar did straight away was give the order, burn every ship. And the reason he did that was because he knew that if his men thought that there was any chance of retreat, if his men thought that if it didn't go quite to plan, they could run back, they would have. And so he had to put a stop to it and said, no, we are here for the long haul. This is who we are. This is the job we've come to do. We are going to be wholehearted in our invasion. And so Elisha, if he was going to accept the responsibility that Elijah gave to him, he had to be running in the relay race. He had to get into the exchange zone, which meant he had to leave everything behind. He had to get rid of any temptation in order that he might want to look back at what could be there. He needed to be empty-handed to receive the baton that Elijah had for him. There's a story in the New Testament, isn't there? There's an account of a young man. He's called the rich young ruler. And he comes to Jesus and he asks him a question. He says, Jesus, I'm doing everything right. I am living my life the way God says. But what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus answers him. Your hands are full. Sell your possessions and give away all your money in other words Jesus was saying to that young man do you trust me enough that if you have nothing I will supply your every need are you prepared to be empty-handed so that you can be used in my kingdom and we read that the rich young ruler he walks away he's sad because his faith and his trust is in his accomplishments. It's in his stuff. It's in his the things that he owns. And he's scared that if he lets go of it, he will have nothing. And in all of us, there can be dangers that we, we hold on to stuff in our lives that we don't want to fully let go. Our desires, our dreams, our ideas, people, our lifestyle our finances. These things can, can almost be more important to us that we have hold of these than actually being able to fully release them into the kingdom of God. And if we're going to run the race, if you and I are going to run this race with the baton of faith in our hands and move forward, we have to look honestly at our lives and ask the question, do I really trust Jesus with everything? do I trust him with my family? Do I trust him with my money, with my security? Is there anything I am placing more importance on than God? And so to receive the baton, we need to be empty-handed. The second thing is with the baton, we have to pass it on. Elijah He'd been used to following God on his own for such a long time. Del preached last week, didn't he, he said how he was sat under the broom bush and he had a major low. He, he just felt on his own. He said, God, I am the only one left. He'd been so used to trying to live his faith on his own, he completely failed to see that there were 7,000 other men and women, who had not gone the way of Baal. And so what do we see happen? God points out to him, there is a man and his name is Elisha. And I want you to go to him because he is going to be your successor. And in that moment we see as Elijah opens up and begins to move towards Elisha, God provides for Elijah a friend, someone who cares for him, someone who is loyal to him, someone who will not let him be on his own, but stays with him to the very end. And scholars reckon, you know, that Elijah and Elisha, that period of time in the exchange zone, they were together for somewhere between seven and ten years. Now, if you walk closely with someone for that amount of time, you know them inside out. You watch their life, you begin to model it, you imitate, you begin to become like them. And that was a long time for Elisha to sit and wait in the exchange zone for that baton to be passed on to him. But it was an important part of his process. He needed to be in the right place at the right time. Let's read about it in 2 Kings chapter 2 verses 1 to 14. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were traveling from Gilgal. And Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, for the Lord has told me to go to Bethel. But Elisha replied, as surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will never leave you. So they went down together to Bethel. The group of prophets from Bethel came to Elisha and asked him, did you know that the Lord is going to take your master away from you today? Of course I know, Elisha answered, but be quiet about it. Then Elijah said to Elisha, stay here for the Lord has told me to go to Jericho. But Elisha replied again, as surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will never leave you. So they went on together to Jericho. Then the group of prophets from Jericho came to Elisha and asked him, did you know that the Lord is going to take your master away from you today? Of course I know, Elisha answered, but be quiet about it. Then Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, for the Lord's told me to go to the Jordan River. But Elisha replied again, as surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will never leave you. So they went on together. Fifty men from the group of prophets also went and watched from a distance as Elijah and Elisha stopped beside the Jordan River. Then Elijah folded his cloak together and struck the water with it. The river divided and the two of them went across on dry ground. When they came to the other side, Elisha said to Elisha, tell me what I can do for you before I'm taken away. And Elisha replied, please let me inherit a double share of your spirit and become your successor. You've asked a difficult thing, Elijah replied. If you see me when I'm taken from you, then you will get your request. But if not, then you won't. As they were walking along and talking, suddenly a chariot of fire appeared. "'Drawn by horses of fire, "'it drove between the two men separating them, "'and Elijah was carried by a whirlwind into heaven. "'Elisha saw it and cried out, "'My father, my father, "'I see the chariots and charioteers of Israel.' "'And as they disappeared from sight, "'Elisha tore his clothes in distress. "'Elisha picked up Elijah's cloak, "'which had fallen when he was taken up. "'Then Elisha returned to the bank of the Jordan River.' He struck the water with Elijah's cloak and cried out, Where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? Then the river divided, and Elisha went across. The redemption of Israel was not Elijah's full purpose. It did not rest upon his shoulders. Elijah's job was, was to pass the baton of faith to the next generation. Elijah was a small part of God's big story. And during those years, as he walked with Elisha, he modeled faith. He lived out faith. He spoke faith so that Elisha could catch something of who Elijah was. And as followers of Jesus today, it is not enough just to run our own race. Can you imagine in a relay race if one of the runners, they're running with a baton as fast as they can and they come towards the exchange zone and they're they're coming up to it and the person's waiting, aren't they? They're waiting in anticipation. The person's coming up behind them. And suddenly the person just carries on and hasn't called out to them. And they must be like, hang on, you meant to pass me the baton. What happened there? And the runner just keeps on running and they're running and running and come to the next person and, and the person's waiting, anticipation. Here comes the baton, here comes the baton. And the runner just keeps on running, keeps hold tightly to it. Timothy, Paul writes to him. And Paul says these words. You've heard me teach these things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses Now you, teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. Elijah and Elisha, they were in the exchange zone at the right time, together. They were just walking, they were just talking, nothing particularly special going on. But they were in the right place for the faith baton to be passed on. And throughout the ages, as we read the history books of the church, God has had the right men and the right women in the right place at the right time as the baton of faith has been passed on from generation to generation. You know, when people have shared their faith, they've not just just done it because of its, its power for their children, but for their children's children and their children's children's children. And God has had men and women live authentic lives in order that people can catch hold of what God has done in them. Jesus came over 2,000 years ago. How is it you and I follow him today? For 2,000 years, generation after generation have passed on this baton of faith. Men and women have lived up to their part of the relay race and they have run Well, some of us have been Christians for years. How much of what has been imparted to us are we actively imparting into other people? Who are we discipling? Who is walking close enough to us that they get to see God move in our lives? finally in a race we we reach the goal when Jesus called his 12 disciples they were fishermen they were working in the marketplace and when he invited them to come follow him they had to leave everything behind they had to come to him empty-handed and then an exchange took place he spent three years with them he modeled himself to them he he showed them his power he revealed his authority he he revealed to them his words of life an exchange began to take place and then at some point the baton was passed on to them in matthew 28 we read jesus said to his disciples go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father the Son and Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and I am with you always to the end of the age. At that moment, Jesus said to his followers, here is the baton. I want you now to run your lap well and pass it on. And since then, generation after generation, men and women have passed on the baton of faith and today life church lim it's our turn to carry the baton it's our turn to carry this baton of faith to the next generation it's time for you it's time for me to run my lap well in order that i pass on the baton of faith And so my challenge to us all today is this. Am I living a life that runs the race well? Does my life encourage people to seek more of Jesus for themselves? Who am I intentionally discipling today? When Elijah was whisked off to heaven... Elisha wasn't left with nothing. We read right at the end of that passage, he picked up Elijah's cloak from the floor and he put it on. And the cloak that he put on was a symbol that he had God's power and he had God's authority to run his race well. And when Jesus went to heaven, he said to his followers, I'm not leaving you on your own. I'm going to send someone who, when they come to you, you are going to move in power and authority. God sends the Holy Spirit, doesn't he, to cover these followers who in themselves could not do what they'd been called to do unless they had God's power and authority upon them. And the goal of the race, that that reaching end, that final bit, it will never be reached until... Jesus returns and so God's mission and his plan and his story it outlives us but we are to continue it we are to carry it on and today it's our turn but if our hands are too full we can't carry the baton and so maybe tonight some of us we need to Lord, I need empty hands. I give it to you. I, I trust you with it. Whatever the outcome, I'm going to cut off the stuff. I'm going to be empty handed. For some of us, you've been given the baton. You need to run with it. You need to begin to move. You need to begin to start to share. You need to run. You're part of the race well. And for some of us, the exchange zone's coming. Who are we passing on? Who are we discipling? Who is going to run with the faith baton after us? Let's pray, shall we? Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Lord, if there are things in our lives that would seek to to crowd you out, if they would or things that maybe we hold on to because maybe we're nervous or afraid that if we if we let them go, then we've got no control. Lord, I pray tonight that you will enable us to be empty handed. Lord, we want to be men and women who run your race well. We want to be men and women who when the baton is passed on to us that lord we can run with it and not be laid down or look back at, and and be like worried and stuff like that lord we want to have hands open to the things you would ask us to carry lord i pray for us in this room tonight who maybe we know we've got the baton but lord we keep it to ourselves we're we're, we're too afraid to perhaps share who you are, or to allow people to walk with us. We're too afraid in, in our in our run, Lord, in our relay race lap, Lord, to to walk with other people because they might see that maybe we haven't got it all together. Lord, Elijah did not have it all together, yet you used him, Father, and you use Lord broken people, Lord, to to bring your glory, Lord, Lord. And I I also pray, Father, for those of us who, Lord, the exchange zone is up ahead. There are things that we've run with that now other people need to begin to run with, Lord. Lord, I pray that we would know when the right time is to pass it on, that we would have those people who walk alongside us, who we are training up, who we're discipling, Lord, to take on the next step, Father. Lord, we do not want to be a generation, Lord, who missed it for you, Father. Lord, but we want to see the next generation and the next generation after them, God, running well because we did our part, Lord. Lord, I pray for all of us. Fill us with your spirit, Lord, that we would be able to run in the power um, that only comes from you, that we would run in your authority, Lord Jesus. And um, yeah, I pray, Lord, that if anything tonight, Lord, that is that I have spoken about, Lord, I just pray that If that has hit a core in anyone's life, Lord, that you would just enable us just to to act upon it, Father, and and to move into all the things that you have called us to. Amen. Amen. We've come to the end of this week's message. We hope you've been impacted and inspired. Keep up to date with everything that's happening by visiting our website at www.lifechurchewarity.com.